Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to recommend another podcast that you'll like if you like Get Up in the Cool. It's basic folk, and it's just lovely personal conversations between musicians and Cindy Howes, a well-versed public radio host and music curator, and guest host Lizzie No, a talented singer-songwriter. They're great and they ask warm, funny, and insightful questions, and they're fostering the larger folk community and offering some counter-narratives to an often misunderstood genre. You all know that I'm a sucker for discourse about folk music and stuff like that, and this show definitely scratches that itch for me. It checks that box. Speaking of which, their definition of folk is extremely broad, so you'll hear interviews from folks like Amethyst Kaya, Tom Rush, The Lumineers, and you'll hear a ton of Get Up in the Cool guests on there too, like Jake Blunt and Issa Burke. I was just listening to their episode with Mark Kiliansky, and it was delightful. You should go listen to it. You can find it in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool, and I put a link in the show notes to the Basic Folk website, which has subscription links to all of the big podcast providers. So go subscribe. Happy binging. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is M. Hammond with special guest musician Rachel Eddy. We recorded this in their home in D.C. a few weeks ago. Make sure to stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with M. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
M. Hammond, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you so much. It's great yeah. to be here. And and welcome back, Rachel Eddy, our spe- uh, special guest accompanying fiddler. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who will be doing a mixture of uh, fiddling and listening and knitting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And petting the dog yeah. And, yeah. as well. Oh, Beaker's here as well. Oh, uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was so much fun, can I just say, to play that tune also with a guitar. Yeah. We've been playing for over a year uh, just with fiddle and banjo or whatever other uh, combination we could come up with, and that was a real treat. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. You, so for people listening, often I'm playing banjo on the show, but I was not. I was on guitar, and M, you were playing the banjo for this one. There's a lot of banjos in this house. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think I heard... Uh, I mean, I don't want to like dox you as like a place to rob or something. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I think you, when the the two of you met, uh, I think I heard one of you say that you sort of joined your banjo assets together, and now there's just sort of a bespoke banjo for each for each key, and you never tune. Which sounds lovely. <laughs> Almost true, right? We, and and I should say we probably have a couple of banjos in this house that. If somebody did just want to take it away, it would be okay. But most of our banjos, that's right, uh, we met um, because I was in Rachel's banjo class at Augusta. Cute! Um, several years ago. And, uh, and yes, I had, I had a couple of banjos at that point and collected a few more before um, we moved in together and got married. This is actually our, our two-year anniversary today. Oh, my God. Um, Thank you. For <laughs> letting me be a part of that. That's so lovely. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But, Two um, more years. <laughs> um, but with the banjos, what happened quickly is, is this one, um, which, which is Rachel's banjo, or no, no. was Rachel's banjo, Your banjo, became my favorite. It has this, this wonderful, slightly shorter neck. Yeah. And this 10-inch er, uh, pot, and it fits so well. Um, and it's also just uh, a responsive banjo that that gives me all kinds of information that other banjos huh. don't. And uh, wait, what kind of information? Like when I'm, it tells me a lot about how I'm playing, okay. which is good and bad. Sure. And it also helps me find new things to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I quickly became attached to this banjo, but it's the only one, or it was the only one that fit in Rachel's flight case. Yeah. So we had a big issue when. The actual professional musician <laughs> in the house had to tour yeah. and take away my oh, no. banjo. <laughs> so our solution was just get another banjo, uh, one that would fit in that flight case. And now this one usually gets to stay home. Yeah. So you d- you got to keep <laughs> yes the fo- the the banjo that was formerly theirs the magic yeah. banjo <laughs> and um, now is yes y'all yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got a new banjo out of the deal. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, my partner Becca uh, over the pandemic. Um, our main our main project was ha- having and. Uh, keeping a baby alive um but uh they also started playing uh banjo which was great they've been every once in a while they pick one up and they just start playing and they're like a little bit too naturally good at like abstracting fiddle melodies and like all of the things that people (laughs) struggle to do when they're learning banjo anyway and then let's just put it away and uh, <laughs> you know, and then not pick it up for a couple of years, and like, oh, that's Cameron's thing. But uh, yeah, I was missing jamming, and they were wanting to be more involved. Now we're be- we're in that situation where um, I had to I had to take the banjo to go on this trip. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, we have I- a solution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm putting it out there. <laughs> But it was really, really lovely to uh, join you two for your uh, Valentine's Day show. Thank you. <laughs> Jam along, Thank you. sing we along. We had so much fun yeah, with that. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and and you've been really busy this last year uh, f- fostering old-time community remotely, doing weekly jams and... 
Right, right. Which is so lovely. Somehow we decided to do that in May last year, and every Thursday night we just had a Facebook group, and we just got online and um, played an hour of old-time fiddle tunes with with bass and fiddle um which was uh kind of a funny instrumentation by yeah. themselves but the idea was that people at home could fill in with whatever they sure. had um, yeah so if they don't have a house bass you know? exactly yeah. right although there were bass players too but um, yeah but uh one of the things that's been really heartwarming as we've opened back up and started to see more people um who play old-time music is is the, the people who come up and say oh i i loved your jam and it's what <sighs> kept me fresh and it's what and and people have said the nicest things and it's <sighs> really um really been just gratifying and heartwarming to um to uh, to know that it that it made a difference to some people and yeah. it did to us too i know it kept i bet playing. it was a good event that you had to show up for and pull yourself to selves together for yeah you know it was i think i think it kept us yeah you know especially i think it's it's hard i i have a day job that that was keeping me extremely busy and so sometimes that was the only outlet and i think if if i can speak for you i, I think um you know it's, it's not necessarily fun to just play fiddle tunes in your home without anybody and so that was a way that, that you kept playing as well. Mm-hmm. I kept my chops um, up and kept the repertoire fresh and front yeah. of my mind. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, it's been just a treat to get to play these now in person with people who learned some of the tunes from the jam. Yeah. We did. I didn't get to um, watch any because it was always when the Thursday the, the Thursday evening block or like at late afternoon for me in the West Coast is when I taught all of my students um, right. so but I always <laughs> but I always sent them to you and I know that some of them tuned in which That's made great. me feel really really nice yeah. yeah yeah it was so much fun I mean I had friends from work I, there were people who ended up just listening to it every every week which um, was also really sweet and and just it was gratifying also to just see people's names in the chat and just know yeah. they were there Let's do another tune or song Sounds or something. Well, yeah, what's next? All right. Oh, and, and next? I don't think we said the name, and I already forgot it. What the first Kansas one? Kansas City Real. Kansas City Real. Yeah, so you won't get like a 4 a.m. Te- text <laughs> from me like, hey, I'm about to put the episode up. I don't want to just be question well, marks. That would be 8 a.m. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was a recent edition that we, uh, that we started working on, so uh, that was fun to play. Did what you want to do, do um, New Pains? New Pains would be fun. Or so is this Newt? Newt Pains tune. Is this spelled like the the critter? Yes. Great. Yes. Uh, yeah. And do you want to... Um, this? Yeah. 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 I, I'm really enjoying playing this guitar. Okay. So. It plays the A part and the B part each a three-time repeat. Okay, great. But it's not... The, right. Yeah. And I would say that the A part is mostly A, or all A, if okay. you want. And the B part is a... Oh, an early call. Call.
so cute. The cutest tunes. The cutest tunes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Newt Pains, mm-hmm. apostrophe S. Or S apostrophe, probably apostrophe S. Apostrophe S, and uh, Pains has a Y in it. Okay. As opposed to the I, yeah. the other kind. <laughs> who's Newt who's new Payne? A guy from Tennessee, right okay. near the Georgia border. Yeah. And uh, we researched this because we, we recorded that one um, recently. And uh, Oh, is this in the Sweethearts? It's mm-hmm. in the Sweethearts, yes. Um, and uh, it, it, nobody knew where it came from, but somebody had learned it from this guy named Newt Payne, who you know, said that it was some old family dance tune, which... It would be a funny dance tune, since it's kind of crooked, but... uh, For triangle dances. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's a fun one. Um, We've enjoyed that one a lot during the pandemic. Where are you from? Ah, I am from Southwest Virginia. Yeah. Um, So not West Virginia, Southwest Virginia. Um, Down... Southwest Virginia, I got it. Exactly. No, you're saying... (laughs) I'm making a bit, but then you said that. <laughs> that was it. You're from Virginia, the state. That's right. The southwest part. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Exactly. The real who's on first. We have to be very careful to specify since um, I'm sitting here with a West Virginian. Yeah. And southern West Virginia is an entirely different thing. Um, sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's confusing. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my yeah. my impression. I'm not from here, but my impression is that. Virginians and West Virginians have big feelings about the border. Yes. Okay. <laughs> big, big precious feelings. <laughs> Very precious. Yeah. That's true. And um, we we uh, sometimes bring those up in our house, and our sure. kids particularly enjoy bringing those feelings up and sort cool. of poking at them. <laughs> um, I never thought I would live in Virginia ever, yeah. and I don't think I would have ever moved here for for anything but this this is high praise and this is like <laughs> definitely I have come to really love living in the state of Virginia <laughs> uh-huh. but but southwest Virginia is is the most like west Virginia of any part okay. of Virginia because it's in the mountains it's it's, yeah. it's in the Appalachian region and um, it's not too far from Galax and Floyd which yeah. I think many people are familiar with so, so I was definitely down in that region growing up when did banjo or maybe something some other kind of old-time music entered the picture first so i grew up with it all around me and always loved it but my parents were different kinds of musicians yeah so uh my dad um had um at one time done organ performance like classical organ stuff did he play Um, in like church and stuff well no because he went over to rock very quickly yeah so so Instead, think Hammond organ, kind yeah. of kind of thing, and amazing. And Did you have a Hammond in the house? Yes, and I thought which it, one? Well, it, I don't remember the name of it, but I thought it was monogrammed. I just thought it was our organ. Yeah, because my la- right, that was my last name, and yeah. I just thought that was our organ. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I remember going over to to a friend's house as a kid, and they had one too, and I. I thought they were borrowing our organ. <laughs> Which is no small task. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um so he played rock and yeah. he did also play classical. So yeah. I, I do have these wonderful memories of um you know, especially early on Sunday morning, he he just run through lots and lots of Bach. So I heard all of that and then my mom um has always been a singer and so you know to keep my sister and me occupied. She would always just be teaching us songs. And so I wasn't playing old-time music. I was hearing it, you know, out in the yeah. community, but I... Um, and singing it, it sounds and like. And singing, yeah. yeah. And, um, but, you know, a lot of that was old hymns or sort of folk songs, kind of that. Did you have, like, a favorite old hymn that you sang with mom and sister? Oh, that's a great question. I'm also just curious about, I don't know which hymns are canonized you know in I remember this one general called, area of the world or yeah sorry I didn't mean to interrupt I think I remember one called God will take care of you oh, so wow. my grandmother was um, sort of Kentucky Mountain Baptist and so my mom got a bunch of tunes from that um, sort of family yeah. um, of music and I do remember that one yeah um, but we did a lot of folk sort of anti-war yeah. anti-Vietnam war yeah. um, songs <laughs> as I was a kid growing up um, so 
I got to play sort of whatever was in the house and I wanted when it was time you know at school to maybe be in band I really wanted to play percussion yeah. that was the thing I wanted because I remember going to all these rock shows and the drummer was the coolest always always the drummer was the coolest and I wanted to play drums and they told me in fifth grade girls cannot play drums <gasps> Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Little so, did they know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. They were completely wrong on many counts. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I ended up doing choir, and um, but ultimately in high school, I did start playing percussion, mm. and uh, really got into that um, as soon as I could afford one. I got a hammered dulcimer. And that was really where I started playing more old-time music, because then I had at least an instrument that kind of did it. Sure. Uh, and so, um, most, really, up until the past few years, I've played other kinds of, of music. Um, well, let's see. Should I do the detour into the Renaissance festivals? Oh, my God, <laughs> I yes. I also no. really appreciate tap dancing to the Beatles and how you're... Oh. <laughs> Your flat footing could relate. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. So I, I also did dance as a kid, and yeah. I loved tap dancing. And, and flat footing was something that just happened. So, for example, in elementary school, I mean, we just we, we did flat footing. People would come, and they would play fiddles and banjos, and we would just Oh, my flat God. Foot. I can't even remember. That was just... I, have a, I actually recently saw a picture um, somebody posted of my principal in elementary school flat footing, and... <laughs> I just didn't ever think anything weird about that at all. Um, That's great. <laughs> but at home, I would get in trouble because I would tap dance to the Beatles, and it was loud. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> any particular any particular album? It was Sgt. Pepper's. Okay, I was, was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it seems like I'm detecting a theme, unless the Renaissance part is going to go somewhere else, but it seems like you like... Um, Maybe some instruments that have some hitting or kicking involved. <laughs> some kind of fighting <laughs> instruments. <laughs> yes, I love the yeah. fighting ones. Actually, that is. That's something that um, I love about the banjo is the percussive aspect of it. And yeah. it's something I, I... The bass is sort of, to me, all of the world's perfect. Yeah. Um, because it's it's so physical, like dance. Yeah. Um, but the rhythmic aspect of it is wonderful. And then um, I just kind of love it. But uh, But yes, the banjo was something I had wanted to... To play for a long time, and um, I was only able really to, to get into it recently, um, which right is that whole path that led me to taking a banjo class in Augusta. Well, why did you want to do it for a long time? Just because you were seeing it around as a kid? Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up with it, and, and I um, I've always enjoyed music for the communal aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, you know, even playing, even playing in a giant marching band, um, that's what I loved. I loved being part of a huge group and playing, and uh, and so I've always sought out opportunities to do that kind of thing, and um, kind of had to get settled enough in my life to where I could focus on sure. an instrument and and yeah. learning, which partly meant the kids had to be old enough that I could <laughs> ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or say see ya I'm gonna go to a banjo camp for a week yeah um which you know I, I did um god that sounds nice exactly <laughs> <laughs> um I had been playing I was in Atlanta and I was playing in the um Atlanta pipe band so I okay. played I played snare drum yeah in one of those competition cool pipe bands yeah and I loved it yeah I gotta tell you that style of drumming is jazzy. It swings. When you think about the limitations of bagpipes, sure. know, I think it's nine notes and yeah. no volume control. The drums get to do everything. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I absolutely loved that context for drumming. Um, but you're playing on Kevlar heads. These drums that are meant to be heard literally. They really the made field. out of Kevlar. They are. They're ear piercing, and um, when I was pregnant with uh, the firstborn, um, who's 16 now, I was still playing, and so there was the there was the physical aspect sure. of not holding the drum, but then there was the uh, 
the ear damage. I looked up the decibel levels that pregnant people were supposed to, and it was it. The drumline way exceeded yeah. what I was supposed to be exposing this child to. So. I guess I never thought of them getting hearing damage in utero. I, I mean, I think I do think it was. Pro- I don't know, but but anyway, those things combined, and then raising a newborn, yeah, and as you say, trying to keep them alive, yeah. in those first few years, definitely had me um, yeah. kind of taking a break from. The real intense playing that I have always loved to do. And it's a little more serious with the first one. You're like, I can't mess it up. And then the rest of them are like, you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> I am going to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. It turns out we're all making this up. Yeah. And so I'm going to just make it up differently yeah. the second time. <laughs> so you were looking for something quieter that was still drum adjacent? Somewhat. And and I, you know, I have, I have loved that music for a long time. And, and I had wanted to, I had enjoyed the, the, the dulcimer and kind of kind of wanted to circle back to it um and uh right had had always thought the banjos were pretty amazing and kind of spooky sounding sure actually it was at the renaissance festival that i really decided one day i was going to learn the banjo oh interesting (laughs) i mean it is technically like a arguably like maybe a late renaissance era instrument wrong continent (laughs) but yeah (laughs) so but yeah speak on that okay so so what happened there is i uh i actually finished college and um just decided that i didn't want to be an engineer yet which is what i was and uh i was playing hammer dulcimer all the time and i was performing and um, so I ran off and joined the Renaissance Festival um, circuit. Wow! Um, really, for only about a year. But uh, you know, the way they work is they tend to be. Some of them are owned by like a, a single business, but but many of them, sort of each state has its own sort of incorporated Renaissance Fair, and then the <clears throat> there's a whole traveling group of people who who go to a number of them, sort of line them up across yeah. the year, and so I played hammer dulcimer at uh, Arizona and Alabama and Georgia and uh, filled in the summers with uh, arts festivals. Amazing. And, uh, <laughs> um, I met a, a, a good friend, um, Brooke Parkhurst, who, who uh, I recently got to reconnect with on Facebook, who also played banjo. Yeah. And uh, it was really getting to hang out with her and hear her sing and play and make it sound really spooky. Um, I said, oh, someday I want to learn that. Was she playing? Um, was she playing Clawhammer? She was. Typically, people don't say spooky when they're talking about like maybe like a bluegrass three finger. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about your style? Is your style spooky? The way you play? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> if I needed to be, I guess. Because <laughs> I understand you have a different style but i don't know much about it yeah i like um it's all it's claw hammer okay it's just yeah weird claw hammer it's like advanced claw hammers well yeah. <laughs> depending on yeah sure <laughs> yeah but certainly or devolved or something else yeah <laughs> yeah but it doesn't go into that right I, I agree with you i think the bluegrass stuff is not as scary sound yeah or scary for other reasons maybe well, right, yeah. right. but not, <laughs> sure. not that not that just the just that spooky sort of yeah um you know, like you're gonna go up in in your grandmother's attic, yeah, <laughs> and and it's gonna be fine, yeah. But like creeping up those dark stairs is a little spooky. Yeah. Well, do we have any <laughs> s- spooky songs or tunes that, or I mean, y'all like such cute tunes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have any very spooky ones, actually. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> very wholesome around here and cute. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They say while knitting (laughs) on a couch. (laughs) That entire lead-in was to say, no, actually, we we play the happy dorky ones mostly. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Well, what what happy dorky song or tune do you want to do next? So you want to do the songs? Yeah. Okay. So I'll play guitar and bass. Okay, great. And they'll be in C and A. It doesn't matter which one you Great. want to do, do you, first. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do... Uh, how do you want to... Or do you want another guitar? Yeah. Do you want another guitar? No, I'll, I'll play banjo if you're playing bass. Okay. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. Uh, so, now, Rachel is on the guitar, and M is on bass, and I am on banjo. 
just most yeah i don't know which one will be the video but it's just <laughs> worth got it so we're, t we're talking about uh this is the another aspect of your percussive <laughs> violent <laughs> approach to music <laughs> right yeah yeah so here's the bass yeah. um which i have absolutely fallen in love with and Probably spent the most time during the pandemic really working on this. I, yeah. You know, pick, played the banjo a bunch just for fun on the porch, that kind of thing. But um, I really put a lot of effort into the bass over um, the pandemic, which may or may not come through. Um, so I shouldn't probably say that. But um, but I'll say it in the sense that I, I'm, um, I'm all in for it. Uh, and imagine I will still be that way when I'm still trying to fix my intonation in 20 or 30 years. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least on bass, there's big targets. That's right. And, you know? <laughs> there's this great quote I saw from, from Ron Carter, who is this um, amazing uh, jazz bassist, and, and his comment was, um, you're only one quarter note away from success. Aw. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspirational. Quarter note, not quarter ten. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of fun. Uh, so, this is "If I Needed You" by uh, Towns Van Zant. I believe this was in the the Valentine's uh, sing along. I think yeah. it must have been. I we so, I think I did warm up on this a couple months ago. Yeah, <laughs> great. great. So precious, so cute. <laughs> Good song. Yeah, it's a great one. And I think we, 
We had we were was it because of listening to a Lyle Levin show? Yes. That he did that with and we Jason Isbell. We he they started the uh. song and we just started crying. <laughs> and we like, said, Well we're gonna learn that one next. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna make people cry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh. When did bass enter the picture? Then, what Ooh. order was this? At, was this post hammered dulcimer? Before banjo? After? How did this happen? <laughs> this is another story. Yes. Of stealing my spouse's instrument. No, yes. I gave it to you. I told you. It to you. <laughs> Rachel. Came blink, blink twice if. Right, so Rachel came with a bass, and um, it's that one over there um, in the corner. For, for those of you who can't see, it's uh, we have two bases that that um, bookend the dining room, and um, and I said, "Gosh, that's cool!" and uh, and determined to learn it. I said, if M wanted to learn the bass, I would just give them the bass, yeah. and M signed up for lessons like the next week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I just started working on it and just fell in love with it. And so um, that's about the base. Yeah. It's <laughs> all about the base. <laughs> if you will, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm curious um, if you're it has it informed your relationship to old time approaching it from this rhythmic and outlining the harmony, which old time often I feel like the harmony is just like it's just so negotiable <laughs> <laughs> that's true it has it's really um, made me think about the music in a different way yeah. and some of that is just the the map of it um, I didn't necessarily think about the chord structure as much um, with the banjo unless I just didn't know a tune and was just trying to sort of wing my way through something um, which I still do sure <laughs> but um but, you can get away with it on the banjo more. I mean, it's more. great, right? It's, it's a wonderful thing about the banjo. But with the with the bass, something about the logic of the, the intervals between the strings, um, it makes the same kind of sense a dulcimer does, even though it's a different sure. logic. And, um, and I've really found a lot more joy in singing with the bass. Mm. Uh, which, which partly I think is a matter of instrumentation, you know, with Rachel on guitar and me on the bass. That's a really nice way to um, also harmonize. But uh, but yes, it's taught me a lot about the tunes. You know, as I learn, sometimes I'll learn a melody on the bass, um, and I, it just makes me think about it in a different way. And yeah. I, I actually think that um, one of the things I do for my day job is teach and one of the things about learning is that people learn better when they can layer, you know, different ways of understanding something um, up in a big pancake stack. And, sure. Um, and so I find it... It's a lovely layering. metaphor. Yes. <laughs> a delicious metaphor. It's delicious, right? Yeah. So I think that the... I mean, I think probably a lot of people who play multiple instruments experience that. Um, but I have, I have been, you know, overjoyed to find yeah. that... Um, and this one probably has given me access to... Um, you know, to a lot more old-time playing opportunities because, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, I still work on it and, and try to, to be very solid and reliable, but but you can play with musicians who are better than you. I'll mm. put it out there. Sure. No, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, we actually recently heard... Uh, Oh, Edgar Meyer said that of all people who, who Amazing. of course, right, but, but in an interview, and, and he's right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, obviously, you still want to be able to not sure. um, raise any eyebrows. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's definitely um, provided a lot more, maybe creativity, too. Yeah. I, I, with no frets, I've never played anything without frets, and um, it, it gives a lot of interesting... Um, options in terms of the sliding, yeah. the finding things, or um, improvising, all of those kinds of things, I think, um, yeah. have, have been more accessible to me on the bass than on the banjo. Sure. For whatever reason. And like you said, it's laid out so logically, because the intervals are consistent, that you start to think in the shapes as in, instead of the letters. And That's right. Yeah. That's right. Actually, that's done a lot... Um, for my own sort of internalization of the yeah. number system and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, you know, 
as a snare drummer, sure. I did not need to pay attention to. Right. <laughs> so. All that stuff's extra. <laughs> That's right. The snare drum goes, is the one that does the work. That's yeah. right. So, um, you know, it, it's funny because when I've taken lessons and somebody gives me sheet music, the rhythm is fine. Sure. <laughs> Reading the notation has been uh, yeah. more of a challenge. But, um, yeah, I also love it. You know, one of the things that's wonderful about the banjo, but also a little bit limiting about it, is needing to retune so yeah. much. And obviously, I suppose you could play anything. One could. Tuning, right? <laughs> um, but I love it that the bass just stays, yeah. for the most part, um, where you put it, and, and you can just adjust the map based on the map, yeah. of, you know, adjust the, the map of a key um, based on the map of what's there with the strings. It's been really fun to, like... So I used to I used to have banjo picking nails, and I noticed that you play with some some banjo picking nails, but you're able to still play the bass. It was always like a huge obstacle for me. Oh, I think if they if they get much longer, so for, for those who can't see, I mean, I, I do keep my banjo nails. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I tend to strike the strings with this side part sure. of my finger, and so um. It hasn't been a problem unless they get super long. Right. Yeah. And actually, the one that bugs me, um, my left hand, if my thumbnail gets long, that feels annoying on the back of the neck. Yeah. The other thing that's tricky and sneaky about the bass is um, my left hand fingernails can get a little bit longer than they can for the banjo. Yeah, sure. And still play just fine. So uh, I have to (laughs) sometimes sit down and run for the clippers yeah this may not be something you want to share no it's fine let's get into it (laughs) let's talk about clippers brands um no i mean banjo banjo nerds do get sometimes i'm like oh i just i'm in a nail conversation now (laughs) you know like all right (laughs) looking at my watch (laughs) uh and you know, and sometimes with the, the straightest men, it's like those are the only people who like they well because it's, it's gear to them, yes, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's so, so. Anyway, somebody needs to offer them a file. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I use an emery board personally. Right, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> giving away all my nail secrets. <laughs> Should we do another song? Another sure. sweet sweetheart song oh. for sweethearts? Oh, well, I just meant in general, but well, I mean, we'll plug we'll plug the sweetheart album uh, in the last section of the thing. Yeah. yeah. But what do you want to do next? Oh, um, let's do hold. My bucket's got a hole in it. Okay, great. Which is completely not sweet. Okay. So I think that'll help people who maybe think a savory be, song. Oh my goodness, our dog knocked the water in. Beaker. Beaker. You silly goose. Was that a full cup of water? Nah, it wasn't uh, too bad. Well, our carpet, I guess, could use a wash under the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Where no one sees it here. <laughs> so this one, no, we played this out of C, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Speaking of... You, know, is this you want an, another banjo? That's an A. I have the right Oh, one yeah, we have you. a C banjo. Yeah, yeah, give me the C banjo. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's in C. Cool. So. Great. There you go. That's the one. That's the banjo that uh, I got to replace the banjo that Em now has. It seems like it worked out pretty well for you. (laughs) Also, this one, uh, Slim Jim, who made it, put Morning Glories. Uh Which match our our tattoos that we Uh, had our wedding two years ago. So there's some more sweetness for you. How cute is that? All right, well, let's sing about a hole in a bucket. (laughs) Great. I know the song. You know the song. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have? Did we just kick it out? Oh, I know what it was. Oh 
All right. It was also cute. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe not sweet. (laughs) Notice the dog is next to you because he loves the banjo more than you. He likes banjos. But you're so polite about it. Except for when you spill water. (laughs) (laughs) So we have time for one more, and then I have to, well, and then a bonus track, and then I have to leave as soon as possible and get on the plane. Uh, (laughs) But uh, before we do that, this is typically like part of the show where, uh, you know, we'll talk about things that maybe you would want people to spend money on music-wise, or call attention to, because we haven't talked about this, but you do, like, non-musical important things, and, like, maybe you have some th- something else that you want to bring people's attention to. <laughs> oh, well, I'll say just for a minute, um, I, I do non-musical things, although I wouldn't uh, rank anything in importance, um, so let me just thank you. It's very generous. Um, no, I, I actually, I feel uh, so fortunate to be able to... Um, spend so much time with music and not have that pressure of making a living from it. It's, it's something that I, um, you know, so I grew up in this musical house. Yeah. Right. And, um, when it was time to, um, I was also fortunate to be able to go to college. Um, my, my parents, both musicians did not want me yeah. to major in music. Yeah. And, you know, I had a teacher who was trying to get me to do percussion and I wanted to so badly. And, um, I didn't. I, I went and um, studied engineering, and, and, and now I'm a, I'm a law professor, and I um, <clears throat> do law. But uh, but I feel so grateful that I've always been able to keep it such an important part of my life, yeah. and um, have, like I said, had that had that freedom. If I don't feel like playing one day, it's only on me. Yeah. It's it's going to affect, you know, the next jam, I suppose, but, but it's not going to, yeah. you know, I, I, that, that time in the Renaissance Festival just definitely gave me an appreciation for what it takes yeah. to um, really do it professionally. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to play for fun, yeah. purely because I love it. Um, but we should talk about... Um, the most recent project um, that I was involved in. Again, very fortunate just to, to get to play. And um, <clears throat> do you want to talk, Rachel, about the, the Old Time Sweethearts project? Oh, yeah, just a quick plug would be so nice. You know, Aaron Marshall and I sort of cooked up this idea to um, have a sort of a uh, conglomerate of old time couples doing some music during the pandemic just to both to help support artists that were out of work and to. Yeah. Um, make music and hopefully bring some, you know, some joy in an otherwise kind of difficult time. Yeah. And it was fun for us to have a project to work on um, together. And M and Carl both had their ears on it and helped us uh, in immense ways, in many ways. And M and I also got to record some songs for the project. So we had done a different Towns Van Zandt song yeah. than the one we sang earlier and then a fiddle tune as a duo. And yeah, that was something that was just a really nice sort of um, way to stay connected to the musicians that we miss and love and our yeah. friends and to make music together. And we had a recording session in our dining room and turned our house sort of into a studio for a couple of days. And it was really exciting. And it was really fun to make our first recordings together. Yeah. Hopefully there'll yeah. be many more. Hmm. Good. Where do people find that? Um, that can be found at diddyville.com. Oh, of course, Diddyville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's available on Bandcamp, and there yeah. are physical copies also available with oh. beautiful twelve-page um, booklets of liner notes and photos. And yeah, we're really proud of the the whole project. We went all in for it, and um, there, you know, as the music was coming in, people were delivering their homework. Yeah, we were really excited to sit here and, and we would knit at night and listen to the new, um, <laughs> the new songs yeah. that came in for the project. And something else that I I have really enjoyed it in terms of listening to the. Um, the different tracks on those albums um, is, is how much variety there is under the umbrella of this genre and um, regional variety and just variety because of the individuals playing together and I think that's something that's really special about it that's um, that's highlighted on those volumes and something that I enjoy listening to still. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we uh, do one more one more tune? 
And and how and what kind of tune or song are we going to do? Are we going? Will there be dancing or maybe another fiddle tune or what do you? I, I could try some dancing. Okay. Do you want to do that? Great. Um, and and Rachel, <laughs> special guest. Uh, thanks so much for having me in your home. Thanks and so yeah, it's, uh, squeezing me into your uh, your work schedule. <laughs> thanks for squeezing me into yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I hope we can have some some off record hangs and jams before before too long. I can't wait. I'm so yeah. glad just to be here in person for a minute, <laughs> and yeah, I me too. can't wait to the next time. Cool. store tab at diddyville.com to buy your physical or digital copies of Old Time Sweethearts Volumes 1 and 2, featuring a lot of former Get Up in the Cool guests like Judy Hyman and Jeff Klaus, or Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser. I put a link in the show notes. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube, and if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a t-shirt, mask, 
bag, sticker, or phone case I get up in the Cools merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box It. We're about to wrap up our 18th season this next week. This would be a great time to jump on board or maybe jump on board for the next season, which will be coming up pretty soon. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And go subscribe to Basic Folk, also in all the same places as this show. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thank you for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.